0: The greatest video okay. games of the 2000s. That's gotcha. that's the prompt. Ah, this is okay. from the Guardian. All right, so number 15 yeah. and it's top 15. because Who knows why? Left 4 Dead. Number 14. Res. Yeah, Left 4 Dead. Good. Yeah. Res. A game which I've never played, but I've, I've heard good things about. Number 13. Wii Sports. Number 12. Okay. Call of Duty 4: Modern Warfare. Okay. Makes number sense. 11. Shadow of the Colossus.
1: What? That's not top three? Never played <laughs> it.
0: Number 10, Guitar Hero 2.
1: What? Uh,
2: nah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I come on. That, was, that, that, that game was a big deal. Cultural phenomenon for 20 minutes. For a year. Yeah, yeah longer it than that. overshadowed and then it, the Colossus. And then, it, and then it died so quickly. But it had uh, a moment.
0: Yeah. This one's for you, Oren. Number 9, Silent Hill 2.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: number 8, <laughs> this one's for you, Kevin. Elder Scrolls for Oblivion,
2: yeah, not Skyrim. All right,
0: <laughs> number well because Skyrim came out in 2011, so it wouldn't even yeah, be eligible Skyrim. for this list. Uh, the Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask is number seven.
2: Okay. Okay. This yeah. one is
0: is also for you, uh, Kevin. So An- this Orin, is, maybe all of you. Oh,
2: this is only 2000 to 2010. I didn't Correct. That. So 2000 Metal Gear Solid 2 Better be in there.
0: Number six: Bioshock. okay okay now number five this is the right choice i'm just going to say up front there was other options they could have gone with with this series and they went with metal gear solid 2 sons of liberty
2: awesome Mm -hmm. that's what i would have picked you that's the one
0: (laughs) Or are you okay with that
1: yeah yeah edgar is what's your favorite metal gear solid game just curious
3: uh, the first one, but uh, but I yeah. think I'll take two over three. Yeah, yeah. I think That's it's okay. it's, right. it's a game way ahead of its time. You know, it's just I think uh, three has better gameplay mechanics, but just the message of two just it stands it 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 it, it can stand the test of time. You know, so yeah, two, mm-hmm. two is the way. For
4: to sure.
0: Go. Number four, Halo Combat Evolved. I think nice. a yeah. pretty non-controversial choice. <laughs> number three uh deus x all right yeah number two i actually this i think might be a little controversial but totally makes sense especially given the source the sims hmm.
2: sure so they didn't put mass effect yeah, in i guess we're what we're
0: gonna talk about emissions in a minute and number one what do you guys think the number one demon game?
1: souls grand theft auto 3 oh Dark that's souls. true
0: Dark Souls can't, it is not eligible because it came out in 2011. Okay. It's
2: got, oh, it's got, yeah. it's got oh, to Demon be Souls Grand Theft Auto 3.
1: There's no way it's anything else.
2: No, you're right. GTA 3.
0: It's San or Andreas, but it should have oh. been GTA 3. Because, I don't know. San Andreas is great, like, but GTA 3 was like, a what? Video games can do this kind of moment? Whereas Changed San the Andreas forever. was just like, right. uh, more GTA 3. But, um, yeah, there's some weird emissions on there. Um, there's no Half-Life 2.
2: Yeah, that's like yeah. Right.
0: Ma- the, ma- the no Mass Effect or Mass Effect Two seems kind of like a bizarre omission, just given the way. But here's what's extra strange on their. I would put
2: Gears of War as well. Gears yeah.
0: Gears of War. Oh yeah, Gears yeah. of War mix. yeah. That I mean yeah. That's yeah. that's a uh, that's a pretty viable option there. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm almost surprised, like no World of Warcraft. Like I don't know. There's just things that would have been like potential, but not a terrible list. Uh, and no Demon Souls. What? D- yeah, because I, I think like the way they're thinking about it in part is like its the impact and D- impact, Demon Souls is like the one. <laughs> it's people only it's f- talk about Demon Souls now that it's out on PS Five, uh, other than Dark Souls sure. fans, right? Whereas people were talking about Dark Souls that didn't play Dark Souls.
3: Yeah, yeah I no, guess or, it's or more or of peop- a yeah. cultural impact list than a than a video game quality list because I mean Shadow of the Colossus has to be like. Well, for me, it would have been top one, but uh, mm. but yeah, it, I, it, it culturally, I mean, the sims impact you cannot deny. Wii sports you can't deny. A guitar Hero you can't deny the impact those video games have had. So,
2: COD four,
0: it's right. COD four is a pretty. Oh, so okay. It it even says under COD four. Some people argue Battlefield nineteen forty two. Like yeah. should have been in there. I think I would have. I would. I would have taken that. Although COD Four is kind of more of a like touchstone than sure. that, like like I prefer Battlefield, but COD Four was like and is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was fun. Uh, we have a guest today, Oren, who, Who's our guest?
1: Uh, well, he's um, a friend of the show, um, Edgar Espino. Is that how I pronounce it? I'm sorry, my Spanish has gotten worse over time. <laughs> but he, he's. Yeah, is that correct, <laughs> Edgar yeah. Edgar Ed, Ed Espino? Um, yeah. I, I wish I could roll my R's better. I used to be able to when I was living in Mexico, by I can't. But um, uh, Edgar is uh, a really... Um, he, he's very active on Twitter. He's kind of like a curator. He interacts with like a lot of podcasts. He interacts with the Sony community a lot. And I just always see him engaging. And he started following my youtube channel He started following aaron's youtube channel and he's been um, a huge supporter of the show um for a while now so i, I just thought it would be great to have him on because i really love his uh takes i really love his uh discussion so i'm i'm happy to have edgar on and also i would want to, men- I want to mention that he's a doctor in sonora mexico is that correct
3: yeah absolutely um So yeah guys, thanks for having me. It is is an honor. I'm a big fan of all of the work that you guys put out on YouTube and on the podcast. Yeah, I am a, a little background of me. I am Mexican. I live in Mexico. I work as a doctor. I'm a father and a husband. And uh, gaming wise, well, I've been playing since the NES days, but uh, I didn't start truly engaging with gaming until the PS1, you know, like Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil 2, were games like, wow, I did, not, I did not know that games could do this, you know, because before it was just like, whatever, uh, Mario, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, uh, I enjoyed it, but not to the extent that I do now and uh yeah i i love all platforms i love the switch i love xbox but i currently only own a ps5 so that's what i'm playing on and and yeah man i my favorite games are the fumido weather games and then everything else
4: <laughs> so
1: nice yeah i mean like so, yeah you can't get you can't get better than like eco and shadow of the colossus right those are kind of like Two of yeah, the most absolutely. important games to my life, to your life, to a lot of people's lives. So happy to have you on the show. Yeah,
2: Likewise. yeah, welcome for sure, man. Yeah, welcome.
0: Thanks, well, thanks. Yeah, so we talked about so much news, I guess, last week. It was just last week that we have like no <laughs> news, news to talk about this week. But we do have. Who's been playing this uh, this Back for Blood beta?
1: I have, I.
0: Edgar, did you try this out?
3: I played it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. All right, all
0: right.
3: Um, but uh, I'm not big into zombie games, so I just played it like 30, 60 minutes. Uh, it's good. Uh, but for me, personally, I, I mean, it's just a zombie game. But but it sure does look fun. And mm. for what I've been hearing, it's like the true spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, which is a very beloved franchise. So so yeah man i mean go i i don't really have much to say really because uh, most of the time i play single player games and when i do play online i mostly play competitive games i'm not big into Mm -hmm. pve Yeah. so but it does look fun it does look fun and it is fun you know what i played it was it was
0: good all right well Kevin and Oren, I think, combined, have put about 40 hours in the last two days into it. Is that right?
2: <laughs> oh. No. No. <laughs> no, I played about uh, three rounds. But one of them I played all the way through.
0: You only, oh, okay. So
2: <laughs> you I played, probably like, played I, comp- I probably played like maybe five, three or three to five hours combined.
1: Okay. Yeah, I did about, um, I put in like about one hour on Thursday, and then I played it for about, I kind of went all out yesterday with a friend of mine, and we played it for five hours. <laughs> So uh, we, so I, I feel like I've played enough of the game where I can just review it at this point. <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> I definitely have a lot
2: of impressions as well. So
1: yeah, it's like it's like I'm, I'm kind of somewhere between like I can give you impressions and a review. I'm like in that middle ground.
2: Review impressions. Review
1: impressions. Let's do yeah. that.
0: Let's do it.
2: <laughs> uh, like the, the, there's like a, a small background of the game. It's by Turtle Rock, the team that, that made Left 4 Dead One, not Left 4 Dead Two, and basically they created the genre. That is now how many games this year are coming out in this genre or in next year? Like, it was like we counted at E3, it was like five games or four games. So, yeah, like the horror it's definitely shooter, the like four player co op shooter where you, you know, have checkpoints and blah, blah, blah. Right. But it seemed like my first impression of it was that it, it felt like if COD was a Left 4 Dead game because it's like stop mm. and shoot, stop and aim mm-hmm. and shoot. Whereas Left 4 Dead's like run and gun, it seemed much more of a controller friendly shooter which was cool, and then I played it on my mouse and I was just so much more accurate and it was so much easier, and I was mm-hmm. like, well, maybe I still probably will play this on PC because it's a little hard for me to aim. <clears throat> There's just so much precision still required even though it's slower. Hmm. What did you think? It,
0: it, it's more of a cover shooter is what you're saying, though? Like, it has, like, a...
2: Not a cover shooter, but you know how COD you, like, you have a target, you you, you, you line them up, you, you know, you iron sight, shoot them. You stop and you iron sight, shoot them. Whereas Left 4 Dead yeah. 1, it's like you run and you shoot them. Like, you don't stop yeah. and shoot. This game you, this game mm-hmm. is a lot of stop and shoot, stop and shoot. They bring your scope up, shoot, that kind of stuff. It's less about, okay. like, the running and shooting and melee and shooting than the first game. But it still has a lot of melee in it.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of, um, I, it definitely has a different feel. Like, it's yeah. not, um it's not like the it's, uh, one thing I noticed is that it's not as frantic as left 4 dead. It just, uh, it feels like a little bit more slower paced. Yeah. Um, I played it. I did a couple runs on veteran and a couple runs on the normal mode survivor. And, um, I don't know. I do. I will say though, I do appreciate how difficult the game is. I played it on, on veteran and we, um, we just like kept dying. Like there was like one run where we, we made no progress
2: on the bridge part.
1: Cause like, uh, yeah, the, I think it was the bridge Yes, <laughs> the bridge yes, it was so the bridge hard. level. Yeah. it was the bridge level, and um, I think what makes it so challenging is like um, the uh, there's like friendly fire on fe- veteran mm-hmm. mode, so like considering there's so many bullets flying around all the time, you really have to consider like where you're shooting because sometimes like your teammate will just go in front of your line of fire in a way that I think is actually like kind of tense and uh i don't know um i I, I, overall my impressions of the game are positive there there are certain things like i like how difficult it is i love how the guns feel like um like the desert eagle it really feels like you're shooting like watermelons and the watermelons are
2: exploding (laughs) is a sniper rifle
1: (laughs) yeah like the sniper rifle it's just like boom and no but the the, the desert eagle I got that oh, the yeah.
2: the scope and I was like, I can't believe that you have this as your secondary weapon. It's, like, overpowered. It's just so much better than the other pistols. Mm-hmm. The thing I that threw me off, though, with the Desert Eagle is that game opts for realistic gun sounds, like um, COD, which is why I compared it to that. And it's, and it's like, weird. The Desert Eagle sounds so, like, quiet and, like, kind of, like, weak. And I was like, why did mm-hmm. they... It should have had this loud... The old effort had these really loud, like, over-the-top gun sounds that I kind of miss with this game. But it's just a different vibe I think they're going for. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's um I think I think my biggest crit- criticism of the game right now is that it's just kind of I think it lacks a little bit of personality that the first two Left 4 Deads had yeah. like the uh, the power enemies aren't as memorable like and um I don't know like they uh I feel like all the power en- enemies just spam you with attacks like there isn't mm-hmm. like a strategy to take them down like like in the first Left 4 Dead when you see the witch show up, you're like, fuck, you got to avoid the witch. Like, stay away from the witch. But in uh in this game, like, all of the power enemies are just these big guys that just spam you with attacks, and I don't think that's as interesting. But, um... So- but I felt I the
2: same way completely about that. I wasn't sure what the power enemies were and what they were. Their role was like in the first game. They're really defined and their silhouettes are really well defined. Like you can tell, like the way a smoker looks, the way a boomer looks, the way a tank looks, the way like the witch. You can just immediately look at them and know what they are. But this game, mm-hmm. it was like I couldn't like they're all kind of like big bulky dudes or weird tall skinny guys. I just mm-hmm. couldn't quite figure out what was going on. I felt like it missed some just overall game polish and like just design was not quite like
0: reading the silhouette.
2: Yeah, the silhouette wasn't exactly. as immediately readable. Where Left mm-hmm. 4 Dead, it was like, you, the second you see a boomer, you knew it was a boomer. You could shoot or not shoot right. if they're too close. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Yeah. What about the whole... Kind of, oh, go ahead. I, I was
0: going to say, what about the whole, like, there's, like, a card system? Like, I feel like they added a lot of, like, stuff to it that, for me, kind of made me... It's why I only played one round. I was like, I don't want to learn about all these, like, decks and, like, all the different abilities. Like, I'm just like kind of like left for dead in that you just it's very jump in play a game and then leave and don't think about it you're not like cultivating a character or a, a collection of cards there's none of these like roguelite elements to it basically
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it's a little over designed though like after and kind of unnecessary I, th- I think my biggest problem with that is um not the card system itself i think the card system is fine my biggest problem is uh that motivate the game is like okay like how are we going to do in-game currency for for upgrades and they have like these weird like medieval like looking coins spread throughout the levels that you have to collect and it's kind of immersion breaking because it just like looks like these piles of gold that are scattered around everywhere and i'm like i feel like they could have been way more creative about what that in-game currency is as opposed to having these weird medieval coins scattered everywhere i thought that was Mm. a weird choice
2: yeah, <laughs> my girlfriend pointed out when we were playing. She was like, why are they collecting copper? Like, is this like the apocalypse and there's just <laughs> yeah, piles okay. of copper coins <laughs> turn about? Mm. It is a little weird. <laughs> I also thought that was weird. I, 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 The roguelite thing is actually the same thought I had. I was like, oh, this is almost like a roguelite per build. You kind of, or per run you build, you to know, the shops and the checkpoints. I, I, I think it kind of works. I'm not, like, a huge on it, though. I think it's, it, like, I could see it if there's depth to it. Like, it could be fun on the higher difficulties because you could, like, kind of spec into your, you know, character a little bit, which could be mm-hmm. interesting. But it just depends on how much depth and team play that actually creates. So.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of at... It, it's a. am enjoying my time with the game, but I feel like the game just needs, like, a couple layers of polish. Like, it's one of those yeah. games that I, I think now is going to be, like, it's probably going to score, like, a 6, 7 out of 10... Like, I think I'm Metacritic, but I think it will probably develop a big cult following once they polish it up, like, six months from now, um, and give it some quality of life improvements.
4: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did, did you have any other thoughts on it, Edgar? Uh, or like, you only, you, you don't really seem too interested in this game.
3: No, no, not really. Just bouncing off from what Aaron said, uh, I think it's a big problem with games nowadays, like with live services, that they want to keep you hooked and engaged, you know, so they come with death cards and roguelike elements and all that. But for a zombie game, and I know you guys have talked about Sea of Thieves, you know, it's not a game that you're going to be playing every day until, I don't know, you reach level hundred of the battle pass, you know, or you get mm. an armor or whatever. So I think it's better for those games to be easier to to play you know simpler because it's a game that you're gonna play maybe one hour a week on friday at night with your buddies and the next time you play you're gonna be a little bit removed from the last time you played it you know and the the easier it is to play the the better it's gonna be you know and uh and if they add, add too much of that stuff you know they do it in a way to keep people engaged but at the same time if it's not the the only game you play if it's not your destiny 2 game your world of warcraft game then it's not going to work out in the long run i,
4: I think it's, it's
1: yeah. good right mm-hmm. yeah i think yeah. uh those live service elements um i think that's part of the reason why i'm really enjoying sea of thieves so much is because it's a game that kind of deliberately goes back to simpler mechanics and simpler upgrading systems that you see in like the 360 era and uh, it's kind of refreshing playing a game like Sea of Thieves because when you play a game like Destiny 2 or like Fortnite or Apex Legends or in this case Back for Blood there's just so many live service elements that not every game needs to be that and I think Back for Blood would actually benefit from not having all those systems.
4: Absolutely. It
0: feels bloated is the thing and it was just also like it hit me with this wall of things to learn. It's like I know how to play Left 4 Dead. I played that game for like hundreds of hours like i don't need to learn all these weird little i don't know the rg RPGification of shooters is like i think as 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 come to the end it's like let's go back to games that don't have rpg fact, elements yeah. and roguelite elements and shit like that um, um for me i don't know maybe i'm just getting old and, uh, because i know some I people old. are like oh yes there's there's a progression i'm gonna i'm gonna just like go crazy on it and they're really stoked about it so
2: it's so how I felt, uh, my- but at the same time, and like on that thought, I was like looking up: Does the beta uh, progress go into the real game? And then I'm like, Well, I probably shouldn't play it if the progress doesn't go into the real game. And I'm like, Wait a minute, am mm. I playing this game because I want to play the game, or because I care about the progression? Like, why do I care about the? Pro- right. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Did you
0: guys play verses at all? Is that even an option? No. I'm not no, interested. But,
2: did you read oh. about it, Aaron? No. So this detail in verses is it's it's basically the survival mode from Left 4 Dead with other players. So there's no campaign progression, you don't run through a level, they just hunker down and survive. So um, a lot of the community and the reviewers have been really hitting it hard on that because the strategies are not of ambushing people and all that are not the same now because they just kind of huddle up and just, it's like a totally different gameplay loop.
0: That sucks because Versus was like my favorite thing of Left 4 Dead 2. Like, yeah. Left 4 Dead 2 co op was fun, but like the thing that brought me back for many, many hours was those Versus rounds. Um, so, if it's not, whatever. This game could be good. I don't know. We'll see.
2: It felt like it's, they should have put it back a year or um, six months. Like, put yeah. a little more time in, you know?
1: There's just like a general lack of polish to it that I think needs to be fixed, but. I still enjoy my time with it. Like, if I had to rate it on a scale, I'd probably give it, like, a 6 or 7 out of 10, Hmm. which is, you know, like, not, like, super high, but, like, high enough where I can say I enjoyed my time. Um, Yeah. It's also on Game Pass. Yeah, that's where I'm at. It's It's on Game Pass. You don't have to buy it. You won't
0: have to pay for it, yeah. 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 Or if you have Game Pass. (laughs) If you have Game Pass. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a
1: platform that can
2: utilize that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One
1: last thing I'll say about this is that I actually don't think, uh, because... Left for Dead was so influential. I don't even think Back for Blood is the best game in its genre anymore. Like I was thinking, uh, the Strikes in Destiny Two are more fun than <laughs> than the Left for Dead campaign runs. So it's kind of funny that other games have eclipsed Left for Dead. So,
0: hmm. Hmm. all right. Well, uh, okay. what what next, huh? Let's talk a little. Let's talk about the Ascent because I played a lot of the Ascent. Did we all have we all played? Edgar, I don't think you play the ascent because it's not. No, no, not, not me, sorry. Yeah, but and,
3: I, I'm willing to listen.
1: Huh? Okay. Or did yeah. you
0: play? You didn't play any, right?
1: I tried. I just uh, I, I tried giving it another go, but I just it's I'm just not feeling it. Like when I I, I got to the city area, mm-hmm. and then like the moment I got to the city area, I saw like 20 icons po- like populate my map, and I was like, I don't want to play this. I just don't. Oh, well, those are the <laughs> shots. Okay. The mood.
0: Well. Kevin and Kevin's played a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah? Alright, so let's talk mm-hmm. about this. Like, I am definitely very much liking the ascent. Um But like Me too. in a similar way to Back for Blood, there's some like un undercooked elements to this. Like there's it's not it could have used and probably will get a little more polish. Um there's some bugs, there's some other stuff, but like all in all, I'd give it a pretty strong rating and like I I would say go play it. Like great graphics. The, the, the combat loop, as I was saying before, is just very, very rewarding. Like, What do you think, Kevin?
2: Um, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it started off really slow. I think um, a game like that, you shouldn't start off with like a crappy gun that doesn't feel good to use, and the enemies that you can't aim at. Like, I think that's all kind of a bummer, because like, you kind of have to slog through the beginning. But once I got to the point where I had an assault rifle and a shotgun, and I was fighting the humanoid enemies, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And also I noticed that like it still feels, obviously like a shooter, I mean it is a shooter, but it's not the same perspective as a first person shooter. But like, because you're not aiming on both axes, it's kind of like chill gameplay. Like it's fun and engaging, but it's not like super taxing. Like it's something you could play when you're like a little tired even. It's like, mm.
0: uh, How, it, you, it's, I don't think you've played far enough. It, it, there's some I, real I got, well, difficulty I went spikes. The, um,
2: I believe that, but I, I went through the first human base um, with, with, with two friends and we were on yeah. hard mode and it wasn't easy. But like, what I mean is like, it's not like playing Doom Eternal, where like you have to like every second you're doing something. Like it's not mm-hmm. like the second to second action is nonstop, and it's True. it's like it's tense, but it's not like draining. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I, it just felt like I kind of felt sold on this genre because I hadn't really ever been super into Twin Six years. Like I thought they were cool, but like I never they never grabbed me that much. But this game Dude, it's it feels top down like, Doom. It, it and kind of Gears of War as well. Yeah, because you bit. like getting cover and like. All that kind of stuff. So, it, or, you know, a cover shooter, I guess. But it's from, it has some of the devs from Doom, or from, from, excuse me, from Gears of War and Wolf. So it kind of makes sense. But um, I, I liked it so far. Like, once I started to spec in my character a little bit and I had some of the more fun weapons, it was like, oh, this is really fun. Yeah.
0: The shotguns in particular mm-hmm. are very, very strong. A very satisfying shotgun. Um, I don't know. Like, the exploration is, is, is really good. I like the way that it handles fast travel eventually you unlock a taxi the ability to call a taxi but it also has a fully operational subway system which is something that 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 uh the other cyberpunk game uh did not achieve but or it kind of it has like it has <laughs> terminals but like um it's got good fast travel like my my biggest complaints are that like some of the systems feel a little like it's unclear to me the point system how I would set my points any differently like you get to allocate your points how you want to but there doesn't it just seems like so you're just you're just getting stronger <laughs> like it's not like you're you specking in something
2: it you kind of can though because I was playing with my friends and they were specking into like health and they were specking into powers and I was specking into crit damage on my weapon mm. so it was like Guy who has a lot of health uses shotgun close range, like me, assault rifle crit damage. So like you can kind of do that, and if you're hmm. playing on the higher difficulties, it scales the enemies out. So you kind of have to like we we were jokingly saying like we have to get all in a line because otherwise you shoot each other. So you have to like all kind of mm. stand in a line and shoot at the enemies. And it's kind of this of oh, strategy friendly that's required fire. It's friendly fire, but you don't you don't take damage, but the bullets are blocked. And it's bu- blocking the bullets on hard will like totally kill you. Like you oh, have yeah. to have all three people shooting at them. You have to be like really be kind of cohesive together mm-hmm. to make that to make them die on hard mode. Um so it, it's, it's, it's it was cool in that regard like it felt like there was enough variation for all of us to play a little differently.
0: yeah, uh, that's interesting. When I was thinking about co-op, like for me it's maybe not a game I would want to play from beginning to end with co-op, but I'm thinking of it more in the way that it would be like in in like a true cyberpunk game like I'm gonna go on a heist and I need to call in some backup so I could do co-op you know like I'd be like, Kevin, I got this real hard mission ahead of me I'm gonna call you in to, to help me out and you'll get you know you'll get some credits or whatever like uh like I like using it in co-op that way and I feel like that fits within the the fiction of the universe
2: really nicely yeah, I could see that for sure that's cool but uh,
1: yeah I should I should maybe give it a real shot I think it's just like the wrong game for me right now i I want something like a little simpler and like less upgrade and exploration heavy maybe it's because I just finished playing Death's Door but I do want to get to it because you guys you know are singing its praises so
2: and just the graphics and the vibe and everything are just so up my alley like I just love it so much it just looks it's just such a beautiful game
0: and there's there's really like a lot of attention to detail put into the Mm -hmm. world design like you will see a fair amount of like like recycled elements basically visual elements but like there are distinct areas that have their own little histories and stuff and like it rewards exploration in good ways like the only thing like that i would really knock it for hard is i've had a few bugs with side quests uh i have one side quest that i don't know like i like died and now i can't get back through the door and i'm assuming they'll patch it at some point but i cannot complete the side quest and there were a few other side quests that i had to get to an area that was like off limits to me at the time even though like i was able to do the side quest like or get the side quest but like didn't I couldn't complete the mission because I couldn't go to the area where the quest was. Like it was gated by level, or by mm-hmm. I'm sorry, by main storyline stuff. So I was like, "Oh, this is kind of annoying." So there's like a few annoyances, but all in all, like just such a good vibe. It's like a great setting, graphics, just good combat, good exploration. Um, it's good. It's it's like it's it's kind of reminds me of like like these old school like PC games from the nineties and stuff like, like it has like, it's just such a different vibe from like everything else. Uh,
1: yeah.
4: Yeah. Well,
1: cool. uh, I, I will, I will say if you like, if you like that vibe, but it's not mm-hmm. a shooter, Disco Elysium, just mm-hmm. going to plug that. That's mm-hmm. a really great nineties CRPG vibe game, but yeah, it's
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of weird cyberpunk, uh, settings, do you want to talk about Returnal, Edgar?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I I bug Returnal. I have not played it much because the game's too fucking hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is, you know. I, don't kick me out of the podcast. Don't take away my Gameric badge, but uh, the <laughs> game's hard, man. Uh, it's really good, you know. Uh, you got to commend Sony for committing to a game like that because it's certainly not a game for everyone. You know, mm. it's, it's a rock like, uh, it plays really, really well. It's, it's extremely tactile, you know, and, uh, shooting feels great. Be- and because it, it, it makes really good use of the adaptive triggers of the PS5, you know? So for example, you don't aim down sights anymore with the left trigger and shoot with the right trigger. If you want to aim down sights, you just pull the right trigger, just, just not all the way. And that's enough to aim down sights, which is really, it's a really cool mechanic. And you get used to it pretty quickly, you know, because it Mm. frees up the other fingers. So it's good. I, I think it lacks a few things, you know, uh, it's a rock like that has to justify a $70 price tag. And that, and I think that's where the shortcomings start because they try to mix it with the traditional action-adventure Sony game. And I don't think it works that well, you know, mm. it, it, it's a, it's a rug like, but it has cinematic elements, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a roguelike like that. It's not short, it's long. Mm. I think an, a run can take from six to eight hours and there's no oh, wow. safe system.
0: So to you beat it you'd have and to and sit down game. for for basically 6 hours at least straight.
3: Not quite because you start opening shortcuts once you okay. Be, okay. and once you f- beat a boss you don't have to beat him again. So you mm. can skip mm. certain things. But I think a solid 3 to 3 hours. Yes, you you have mm. to you have to at least keep your play, PS5 on rest mode, you know, mm. and pause the game. So so when you're playing Returnal, that has to be the only game you play because you you have to do those those long runs. So when the game came out, you know, Twitter, everybody was talking about if it was too hard, if it needed a difficulty setting, and and I don't think that those are the right questions. You know, I think the better questions is are the does uh, roguelike really work with a with a long campaign? does a rock like really work with a cinematic experience that Sony was saying for mm. and those kind of things. And obviously the, 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 hard thing, it's besides the point Hades has a difficulty setting and
4: mm-hmm. it doesn't
3: take away from the game. The w-
4: mm-hmm.
3: I, I, I have not played Hades yet. I, I already bought it. it. It should arrive in a few days, but, uh, but from what I hear gold mode, it's really, really good because every time you die with this setting, you start taking less damage, just 2% less damage. So if you keep playing, you're still gonna die, but eventually you're gonna beat the game anyway. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really middle ground option, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, Returnal is great, but uh, but uh, it really needs, one, a safe system and, and a difficulty option will not hurt it at all. I, I'm mm-hmm. in that camp at least, personally. But it's pretty good. It's really good. The graphics. It takes advantage of the PS5. No loading times like at all. Mm It's 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 a bullet hell in third person. It's great. It's it's good.
0: Cool.
3: Uh, You you guys have not played it, right? No, none of you. None of us. None of us have a PS5.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're all (laughs)
1: eager to try. Yeah,
3: Xboxers. Too getting a PS5. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I was joking on a previous podcast that they should have, like, a trophy for buying a PS5. Yeah, I, I did listen to that. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. I guess that's, like, it's... kind of a good segue, because uh, Aaron's playing H- Hades. I played Hades uh, last year, and uh, one thing that I remember about Hades is that, like, uh, a run is about, on average, 25 minutes. Like, that's how long a run is. And Beginning I think day. that's... Uh, um, yeah, to get to the end, but okay. like, you know, it could be longer, but I feel like on average, a run is 25 minutes to get to the end. And, um, hmm. hearing that returnal is so long is, um, I, I haven't just heard that from you, Edgar. I've, I've heard that. Uh, I was listening to the Bombcast and, um, uh, the giant Bombcast with Jeff Gertzman and they were like really high on returnal when they first started playing it. But then the next week they weren't as into it because they were saying like, these runs just take too long so mm. yeah. so that's kind of an interesting conversation hmm
3: yeah because for example another rock like 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 dead cells uh when you die the next thing you want to do is another run you know yeah that's 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 the hook of a rock like it has to be addicting right uh, i guess it's the same for Hades. And and in returnal it's the opposite As like, well, that was my two hour wrong, I died, I I'm, I'm just gonna turn my PlayStation five off or play something <laughs> else because I can't deal with this shit anymore. You know, yeah, that's a yeah. feeling and, and it's not a good feeling for a rock like, but it's it's what happens, you know.
0: Kicked in the teeth, huh? That's interesting. Yeah. I, I felt like Dead Cells is probably painful. like an hour, right, to for a run, yeah. like a successful yeah. run. Yeah. Um t- many hours, that's kinda hard to like it's challenging to find that sort of time, especially if you're not, like, you know, 16 and it's summer break, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Uh, but, like, mm-hmm. so I've been playing Hades, which is pretty great. Um, okay, so give me an idea of how far I've got, like, Oren. I've beaten Meg twice and gotten three or four levels past her. I'm assuming that's very, very cursory into the game, it,
1: right? It's fairly cursory, but, like... Once you start to, like, get really good at it, which you will, um, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, it, you're making good progress. I'll just say that.
0: Okay, so here's what I like about this game. The graphics are insane, like, such a good art style, and, like, like it looks brilliant on, on a giant 4K TV. It's just, like, your eyes are soaking in all the colors. The combat is super tight, feels really, really great. I'm not sure if I'm sold on this this story thing. I'm not hating it, but I'm not like... I'm trying to see how it... what it does with the story, which I'm still early to, to kind of figure out, like, where they're going with it. Um, my only complaint, really, so far with the game, though, is that it's it's way more roguelite than roguelike in, the, in that you have to build up a bunch of elements and, like, you have to build up your, your mechanics to be strong enough to be able to even beat the game. Like, I don't think you could I don't want to say I don't think you could, but it would be challenging to complete the game on your first run, you know, because you don't have all the necessary upgrades. Whereas like Spelunky 2, if you got the skills, the personal skills, you know, the thumb skills, you could beat that game your very first run.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Um, I think Hades, um, the, the game becomes a lot easier as you play it because you start to know how to build your character as the game unfolds. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the challenge of it. So once you kind of know how to build your character, the game becomes a lot easier. Um, but yeah, when you play Spelunky 2... On the other hand, with Spelunky 2, if you're just like not good at side-scroller platformers, it can be really hard to make any progress in that game. Oh, man.
0: That game is kicking my ass. I mean, that game will still kick my ass. That game's also not available on uh, Xbox at all, which is a little bit of a bummer. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Hades. I see that, like... The ultimate goal is that you're going to build yourself up powerfully enough and learn enough skills and how to play the game that it's going to be more of a linear like progression with, with a finite ending, which I think is how a lot of people experience that game. I think you did too, right? Like You beat the game, and then you kind of feel like, oh, I've done it, and I'm good.
1: Well, like, um, you have to beat the Let me put it this way. To get the true ending, you have to beat the game multiple times. But like by sure. the time you've beat the game the first time... Like those subsequent runs are a lot easier because you're, you 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 kind of know how the game works at that point.
0: All right, um, okay. Kevin, did you did you do you think this game is for you or not? What are you? What's your thoughts?
2: Um, I only played it for a couple, maybe like an hour. Um, I found the screen to be really busy and it was kind of like annoying me because it was like hard to read. Like there's just a lot going mm. on visually. Give me a little bit of really? the Diablo 3-itis. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, like, I noticed in your default attack, there's, like, this meteor attack and all this shit comes down. There's just a lot of shit going on. It's a little cluttered. It can be... The game is really all about telegraphed readability kind of stuff, but it, it can be, a, like, a little hard to kind of see what's going on. Like, I just had... Like, I, I got the uh, deflect ability, which I thought was really cool. You can, like, deflect projectiles back by attacking and they kind of magnetize into the enemy. And, like, I can appreciate, like, a lot of the design elements, but I just found it to be, like, I don't know, just, like, I found that to be annoying. Like, the, the the spam was hard to read, and I got further in the game, and it was, like, still, like, annoying me. I guess there's just a certain, maybe, I'm not sure if it's, like, a color palette, or, like, a, when you when games have this kind of, like, lot of explosive and a lot of colors at once in one spot, when you're, like, when you have to, like, read it, I find it to be, like, a little overwhelming. So, I don't know. Hmm. I think also roguelikes aren't for me. I played, the only one I really love is Dead Cells. Um, I don't think any game will ever top that for me. Maybe? Dead Cells is the shit. I really like that game. I still don't play it that much, though, even okay, though I think yeah. it's awesome. I, like, mm-hmm. I love it, but I'm like... The, I just find the genre to be make me tired. Like, I, when I die, I'm like, ugh, I don't want to play this game ever again. I'm tired? done with this game. Interesting. Yeah. Like, when, I'm, when I, I, I like, like, have hmm. to... Excuse me, the film that Edgar was talking about with Returnal is how I feel like even playing... Really? Like, 20-minute like Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just I, I will like, say, ugh, no more for me. I'm good. Interesting.
0: <laughs> uh, like, I think the readability is pretty reasonable it may just be one of those things that you just need to play it enough to kind of understand like I, I don't think it's it's not like uh wow retail to use an example of a bad offender or diablo in terms of there's just so much shit you can't even see what's going on like i think it's i i didn't find readability to be a problem but i could see how when you're first looking at it because everything is in sharp contrast there's no depth of field so it might take a minute to know where to look you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like familiarity might remove that problem a little bit.
2: Why, do you ha- why does there have to be a comet attack on your default sword strike? Like, what, What's the point comet of that? Comet
0: attack? I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. I think you so got an upgrade. Next time
2: you play the game. No, 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 no. When you this first, first room of the game. You press X three times. The third attack, comets will come down. Every time. It's part of his Is attack. That true? I don't one? know. It's, it, uh-huh, I feel like it. that's not true. I think go you try try got a
0: special upgrade.
2: It was in the first room that, of the game. <laughs> unless, unless you right, start but off you with a get that way. You get
0: an upgrade. Yeah. In a tutorial? Mm. In the first,
2: first room when you first roll?
0: I think so. I, yeah,
1: I don't. I, for some reason, I don't remember that at all. Um, yeah, I don't know
0: what you're talking about. So, I think you had an upgrade.
2: Let's go check uh, this, I, I and we'll come back to this this topic on on next podcast. How about that? I mean, I um, could boot it up on my computer
0: <laughs> right now.
4: But
2: well, Do no,
1: that's good. Kevin will have more time to play Hades. I like that.
2: No, <laughs> so like, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to come up as a hater. By the way, like, I don't hate the game. I just haven't played yeah. it that much, and I, I I was struggling to read it. And the genre, okay. I'm not sure if it's my is for me. So. But I'll give it yep. another try. I'll play more. The character talks a lot. He seems like it's mm. like the 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 writing is decent and the acting and the story could go cool places. Like, I could see that. There's a lot of chatter, though. And I was kind of like, okay, dude, not to talk in like every room. Like, can we, like, mm. oh, okay, I, I get it. We're opening a door, picking up some loot, mm. oh, more power. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was, that, I don't like the character's <laughs> impression talk right there. Too much. Was it? <laughs> yeah, you sounded talk- like him. <laughs> they talk. A, I just don't like when games. This is a trend in common games or current games. They talk so much. Like game, characters right. don't need to talk all the time. People were complaining back for blood. They talk too much. I agree. The characters chat on that yeah, game way do. too much. They it's really like, do. Sh- shut up just a little bit, guys. They don't need. You don't need to constantly be talking. Just a little. I, I'm a still
0: little okay bit with a silent protagonist. Like yeah, I, I'm okay. With I that can think that, that in my head. Frames. I can I can yeah. have <laughs> thoughts without being told what to think. But
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: well, so, n- not to like not to fanboy about like the last of us part two again but i feel like that was the first naughty dog game where they finally figured that out where mm. like the characters don't just narrate what they're doing all the time it's and true yeah. like, yes naughty dog figured it out yes i agree
2: that game was <laughs> kevin, just all uh, around good yeah
1: kevin have What's you happened? played any
3: super giant game before
2: um uh, i ha- i played a little bastion? just a little bit of bastion but i didn't okay. play enough to get an impression. Fire. Of it.
3: They talk a lot on those games too man. It, it's kind of like a, a <laughs> trademark of super giant games, you know. They they are really proud of their boy, voice actors and their their writing, so they, it's kind of like they they're showing off, you know. They they do it a lot, you know. Mm. Uh, some people are going to buy with it, some people won't, but uh it's it's kind of like something that they do.
2: For yeah. sure. And I and I get like if you're invested in that world, that's probably like a really cool thing. Like you want every little tidbit of detail from his perspective. Like I understand that completely, and I can see why like that would vibe with some people. I think I'm just a complainer. <laughs>
1: well, uh, I think that is a valid point. I think with uh, Hades, I, I re- the voice acting fit the characters because you know yeah. they're like they're like gods. They're gods. They're they're Greek gods that are kind of engaged in this sort of trivial trivial dispute you know like everything with the gods are, is trivial and it doesn't matter so like it, it makes sense that they would kind of um, talk their way through things in kind of a lighthearted hearted way um, I will say though in Back for Blood I thought that didn't work at all because mm. they're clearly characters fighting for their lives but instead they're just like having this dumb stupid banter that doesn't make any sense and I'm like this isn't how they would talk when they're barely trying to survive you know like it didn't mm. work at all yeah yeah yeah
0: uh, i do think the voice actor who plays uh, your character i can't remember what your character's name is, is zagrius Oh,
1: zagrius yeah
0: um he's good because he's very low-key and mellow and like right lo- like so he's not like shouting at you he's very chill in the way that he talks he actually sounds almost identical to jamie Callis's performance of alucard in the new castlevania series like they have a very like similar sound, but just like this very low key. So it's like you can kind of ignore him. It's not like he's like shouting at you. Um. So I appreciated that. I was at first I was like I'm not sure what I think about his this performance, but I'm like this is actually since you have to hear it so much, this is the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right, let's go on to Mass Effect three.
2: So, uh, I played all three Mass Effect games when they came out, pretty much. When they came out, right at right at then, I played Mass Effect three and I loved one, two, one and two. I I didn't like three at all when I played it. I I think I was, uh I was really this character James like really rubbed me the wrong way. He kind of has this like Jersey Shore look to him, but I don't know. Mm. For some reason he really bugged me, and the whole game, the tone of the game just felt different. It really, I didn't like it at the time. I got like the bad ending because I didn't grind out the multiplayer, and I was like, Ugh, like this game sucks. But um, I've just recently beat Mass Effect 2 on Legendary, so I'm back on Mass Effect 3 again. And I like James this time. Like, I don't have a problem with him, which is funny. I'm like, oh, he's actually a fine character. And uh, the combat is just so much better than Mass Effect 2 that I'm like, I don't know why I didn't recognize this the first time because Mass Effect 2 is... Like, like Mass Effect 3 could almost be, like, Gears 1. At the, the shooting is, like, at that level. Like, it could be its own game, I think. Whereas hmm. the other two games, I think, really couldn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and uh, I think the writing still feels fine. It doesn't have uh, Drew Capershin, you know, the guy who I was citing in my, my books and, and, you know, Neverwinter Nights, Kotar writer, but um, it, still felt, it still feels like right to the to at least Mass Effect 2, 3 feels like a continuation from that. So I'm, I'm just surprised at how much I'm liking the game so far, like much more than I expected to be because I had very little expectations for my memories from, I don't even know, what, 8, 9 years ago, 10 years ago? I don't know, a long time ago when it came out. 2012 hmm. so good game yeah. actually but I haven't beaten it yet all right we look forward okay.
0: to the final the final update on this goddamn yeah. legendary edition <laughs> uh, Edgar tell us about Ratchet and yeah. Clank man
3: Ratchet and Clank well it's uh it's an Oracle PS5 exclusive it's really good you know I cannot talk about the game without talking about the graphics Mm-hmm. The animation I think it's it's the first thing you you notice when you play the game. it looks great yeah, it plays great, the jumping is fun the the rift mechanic it's cool you know um the weapons are cool the animations is cool are cool yeah, so I think it's a very good game boy yeah but I also think that it's a very safe game you know mm. it's i i don't think I will ever find a someone that doesn't like Ratchet and Clank, but at the same time, are people going to love this game? I don't know. You know, this is the case of, uh, this is the opposite case of Returnal, you know, Returnal is something that few people are going to love. And, uh, I don't blame Mm. Sony, you know, they have to have a game like this, that it's, is the game that you have, that you have, if you have a PS5 and this is a game that everyone's going to like but uh mm-hmm. i don't know if a lot of people are going to love it you know because it's it's a very safe game you know it has its it's cute story it's cinematics it's levels and everything but it's a game that doesn't take risks at least mm-hmm. for me and i liked it but uh it didn't do much for me honestly you know it's it's more ratchet and clank 2016 really that's what it is but with a with a fresh coat of paint it does take advantage of the adaptive triggers the haptic feedback the no loading times of the ps5
4: mhm
3: but uh but i don't know man for me it was good but it just it that's that's what it was not much more than that you know i hate to I be one of those that. guys <laughs> but uh but, but but it is what it is you know yeah yeah uh, I uh, think, uh, again, it's the same issue of having to justify a $70 price tag, you know, it's, mm. they have to please everyone, you know, and, and you cannot do that, you can't do that, so.
4: Hmm. But it's That's very good, it's
3: very good, I, I mean, it's, it's not a game worth buying a PS5 for, but if you own a PS5, it's a game that... You have to have because, like, like you guys mentioned on the podcast, I think uh, the Jim Park quote—it's the best PS5 ex- PlayStation exclusive. I—I I don't know. I would not call it that, you know. Uh, there's Bloodborne and The Last of Us One and Two, but uh, but it's the it's your showcase PS5 mm. game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So sure. It's, it's the game that, that showcases the PS5.
4: It's
2: good. So I'm curious about that because, like it is totally the mass appeal game for the PS5. And I think Sony was smart to bank on that for sure. Do you think like, because it's a more mass appeal game, does it, can it, can it hit both like the qualities, like if you think of like a Mario game, Mario is like a very mass appeal game. It's like probably the the largest video game franchise ever made, right? But if you, if you're a hardcore gamer, there's a lot of depth and complexity to playing a Mario game, like mechanically. Do you think that this game has that level of mechanical depth to it or is it just more show?
3: yeah when thinking about what what, about what what i was gonna say talking about this game i I exactly talked on mario kevin and and you're spot on you know Mm. i cannot compare it to mario you know because i cannot say that this is the mario 64 of the ps5 i cannot say that you know because mario 64 is fucking great you know Mm -hmm. it's one of the best plat 3d platformers of all time and it was, I don't know if it was the first one, but it was certainly one of the first ones at that time. So, no, I cannot say that about Ratchet and Clank, it's not the Mario 64. It, it is, you know, in the sense, like you just said, it, it has mass appeal, you know. It is a, a good movement shooter, that's what I call those third-person action games that you shoot a lot and you don't go to cover. It's really good, it, and uh, the weapons are good. But uh, a lot of people compare it to Returnal in that in that way because at the end of the day they are third-person action shooters. We not cover system, and mm-hmm. Returnal is way way better, man. It's way mm. better. <laughs> Playing it after Returnal for me was was a letdown in that regard, honestly.
1: honestly. Uh, hmm. I could see that. Hmm. At least Returnal seems like it's taking risks where Ratchet yeah. and Clank is not.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's why I I said it. Even if Returnal it's not for me, I I have to say that it it is great, you know. And and mm-hmm. and Ratchet and Clank is just good, you know. It's good.
1: Mm-hmm. It's pretty though. It's pretty. That's what matters.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking pretty. It's, it looks like
2: cause it looks like a Pixar movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's the quote. So partly why I was asking about that is um insomniac made a resistance fall of man on ps3 and i was like i ever played that it had some pretty cool creative like shooting mechanics so i was just wondering if they had like implemented any of that like design philosophy into this game but maybe it doesn't sound like they did it's just more like straightforward. No,
3: no the weapons are, are are really 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 cool you know they're crazy weapons you know they're but uh the the shooting is great when you sh- when you shoot a shotgun it it feels great the feedback is it's it's good you know it's if you talk about the game in that regard, you know shooting and jumping and playing and graphics it's a ten out of ten it's hmm. mm-hmm. in that way it's just a pleasure to play, you know, oh, yeah. but I don't know if I'm just an old cranky guy, but <laughs> that kind of stuff mm-hmm. doesn't do it for me anymore, I think. Mm-hmm. I enjoy way more games like Hitman or Dishonored and things like that that engage you in on another, on another level, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> These guys, I'm sure, are completely loving that statement. <laughs> That's like what else do you late. need? Dishonored and Hitman.
0: Um, yeah, those are like the two <laughs>
1: ultimate games. You don't need anything else.
0: Doom Eternal. We need Doom Eternal. What, what did Donkey call uh, no, this oh, game? Oh, my gosh. Baby Doom Eternal? Again. Uh, Doom Eternal. Uh. Doom Eternal. My favorite shooter. Uh
1: so, so here's the thing about that. Uh, Aaron shut me down a few weeks ago saying that I bring up Hitman 3 too much. Well, I'm shutting Aaron down, and I'm saying you bring up Doom Eternal too much.
0: Orin, you brought up Doom Eternal. I did not bring it up. What are you talking about? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Well, Ratchet & well. Clank sounds pretty. It, it, I, I get the idea that it's like it's, you know, it's this really good-looking person who maybe has, like, a bit of depth. But, you know, they're not going to go to MIT. Yeah. Um, ultimately <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh i i would does sony have sales so like i've noticed you know coming from steam a big a big pc user steam had sales for years and years microsoft has a lot of sales now like anytime you go to the microsoft store you click on the deals thing i swear to god ubisoft every fucking week all of their games are like bargain biscuit uh, barb- bargain yeah. basement discounted but uh does sony like can you click on there and be like oh the last of us part two is 30 bucks, 20 bucks for the digital edition. Like am I going to be able to get Ratchet and Clank for less than 70 bucks cuz I don't really want to spend that.
3: I, I don't know, man. Uh, for the PS4 games, they definitely do have a lot of sales. But I think mm. for the PS5 games they, they are going the Nintendo route, you know? Mm. Because I I think Demon Souls has been on sales on sale once. And uh, Returnal has is has already been on sale once too so i don't know if they're gonna go the nintendo route the, the jury is still out you know mas morales has been a, on on a very small sale you know not much it was like 10 bucks off so i i don't know what i i was wondering that too you know what's the route that sony is gonna take for the ps5 exclusives is they're gonna be if, if they are gonna be 16 a year 50 40 i don't know but but the ps4 games they are always on sale you know Mm. Actually the Last of Us Part Two is on a is on forty bucks it's standard right now digitally. Mm. Mm. And sometimes there it's on a bigger sale, like thirty. Thirty bucks i think it's the lower that I lowest that I have seen it. But the PS five games they happen to be on sale mo- too much. So I don't know what's the path that Sony's gonna take. It's definitely gonna be interesting since you know now they really have competition with with Xbox and Game Pass and all that. So yeah, let's
4: see
0: what
3: they, they do deal.
0: It's it's rare that I buy a game now, which I feel a little bad about I did buy a game recently Which I've played a lot of Death's Didn't Door. did you
2: chastise me for Death's that? Door?
0: No, I, I feel bad about it. I bought Death's Door. Oren raved about it last week. Uh, I've put I, I've gotten past the first major boss and most of the way to the next major boss. So I think I must be a third to halfway through the game at this point. Um, like, I don't have too much to add. It is it is a really great, like, link to the past type game with a lot of Hyper Light Drifter and Dark Souls influence. Um, the Whoa. thing that, like, like, in comparison to, like, The Ascent, which is also a great game. This game is so fucking polished and well thought out in, like, every category. Like, it feels like it's a Nintendo game. Like like a legit oh, okay. Nintendo game, like it has that level of polish in like design and clarity. Uh, it's 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 kind of like continually surprising me on that level. Um, the combat's good. It's like it's it's kind of like the perfect level of difficulty where it's not quite Dark Souls hard, but it's like it's yeah. definitely hard. Like you definitely need to be on your game. Um, but like you're gonna beat the bosses. It's got really good puzzles that, like, never take you more than a minute or two to kind of figure out, but feel very satisfying to complete. It's never, you never feel like, like, you know, when you're playing the those old uh, God of War games, you're like, now I'm in a combat yeah. section, and now I'm in a puzzle section. Like, the, you don't have that feeling. You're just kind of, you're doing a puzzle, you're fighting some combat, but you don't feel these, like, discrete chunks, which is what I, I don't like about a, when a game introduces puzzles. It's um, kind of like how Zelda
2: is, too. Yeah. It's short enough where it's, like... It's fast. Yeah, you just do it like it has really good
0: puzzles really good dungeons like I'm I'm kind of surprised that the, like studio That's only made one other game, which was Titan souls, which was a cool game But like was almost more like a game jam like tech demo like like yeah. like a proof of concept rather than like a fully fleshed-out game It's just a boss rush game with 30 bosses or something like that Like this is like l- like I would not be surprised if Nintendo like hired this company to make a game for them Like it, it is so polished and put together
2: Wow
1: it also uh, reminds me a lot of like Mar- Super Mario-, Mario Odyssey's approach to puzzles because um, in that game, there's just like a lot of puzzles hidden in plain sight, mm-hmm. and like you have to like traverse through an area multiple times to be like, wait a minute, that looks weird, and then you like kind of screw with it and you discover something. Like That's it's cool. those kind of puzzles where it's just there's a lot of hidden in plain st- sight stuff that is like really neat. Cool.
0: It's yeah. a good
2: game. I should check it out. These are pretty it's, good endorsements.
0: Honestly, like, I love Hyper Light Drifter. That was like one of my games, the gem. Like, I would put this on a as a peer. It, like, in in some ways, I would say it's possibly better because it feels like, like, it's just it was so refined. Um, mm. But like, I kind of like Hyper Light Drifter's aesthetic a little bit better. But the aesthetic has really grown on me. Like, this kind of it looks a lot like like the best of like 3D and 2D Zelda games, kind of. With with some of its own stuff, I don't know. It, it's it's a good ass game. Yeah. If,
1: sounds you, awesome. if you if you love game design, I think this is like the best like game design game of the year. If you're just interested in designing a, a great game, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Edgar. I don't think this game is on PlayStation. No, it's not, <laughs> oh, it's not, man. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but it's great. No, but, it's,
3: but it's on my radar, man. It's on my radar. I am definitely thinking about getting a a Series S. I think. Uh, with game pass because i feel like i'm missing out on a lot of stuff man i mean mm. just, just look now if, if i had an xbox and game pass i will be talking about uh hades the ascent and a dead Storm, man and it's mm. it's such a good deal man such a good deal that you you it can really miss is. out on on, the, on, on on game pass totally. and those games man it's those games, they all sound sound great, man, and especially Dead Store, you know, with uh, with Aaron's endorsement. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so man, good. absolutely, it's so good. they, they it's all out on my radar. Make like, no mistake.
0: Yeah, you should check it out. It is just continually surprising me. Like I'm like, God, how did like I just don't know how like a studio. This is their second game. is like this, like, who helped them? Is what I want to know. Like what <laughs> what the fuck happened? Like it's just like it literally is just so polished that it's like kind of shocking me. particularly in light of so many you know like good games that are maybe less polished some cyberpunk games that were less polished but uh,
1: (laughs) yeah Um, it's definitely um, I think it's in my top three of the year so far like it's like a really um, like strong game of the year contender yeah Um, I
0: think it will make game of the year for it'll be on lists it'll be spoken of
2: Maybe I'll put some time into that instead of Hades. No offense to Hades, but I think maybe that sounds more my alley. Uh,
1: I actually, yeah. I think I secretly like Death's Door more than Hades. I hate to admit it, but, like, Death's Door left such a great impression on me. I really love that game. So uh, so if you don't want to play Hades, play Death's Door. I think that's a great idea.
0: <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's funny that all these games are isometric. Uh <laughs> Hades, right. Death's Door, it's The Ascent. <laughs> yeah. we should, Which, oh,
1: and we, there's still a game we haven't talked about that's isometric. Maybe we should yeah, just let, call this podcast episode just isometricania uh-huh. the summer or Summer of isometric.
0: Uh, Curse of the Dead Gods. Or is like Orin's talking to me all week. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to have any games to play. I'm not playing any games. I'm like, you should try Curse of the Dead Gods. And he's like, it's awesome. It's
1: good. It's good. <laughs> it's, good. It's, it's um. I will say, like, um, I put about six hours into it, so, like, a pretty substantial amount of time. Um, It's basically just a Hades clone. Um, But, like, the thing about it is that it's... No, not a clone. I think so. You think it's a clone? It's pretty close. Like, it's not, like, you can tell, like, the game designers weren't intentionally stealing from Hades. It seems like it was a serendipitous thing where they were just making these two very, like, Des- on a design level, similar games at the same time, but it's a very similar game to Hades. Um, I'd say the big difference between this game and Hades is that this game doesn't have a story, mm-hmm. while Hades has very he- heavy, a uh, very heavy story. Um, it- it's good. You're basically like this guy who this like bearded 1920s explorer who happens to be really good at combat, and he's stuck it's in this. Spelunky. Tent- yeah, Spelunky it's like, Hades. yeah, it's exactly it's Spelunky Hades and you're just trying to survive this dungeon. It has like the same gameplay loop as other as other, uh, roguelites where you're, you know, building up your character as you go through these like temple runs and there's a boss at the end. And then when you beat that boss, there's, um, another run that unlocks. That's the same run, but it has two blo- bosses this time. And then when you beat that, you, there's another run, but it's longer and it has three bosses. So that's like how the loop works. Um, but it, it it's really good. The combat feels great. Um what really separates it from Hades is the atmosphere. The atmosphere is like there's a lot of dread, like the, a lot of existential dread that you're like interacting with these like supernatural things that are beyond your comprehension. Um good game if you want Hades, but it's a lot more um a lot less story heavy and a lot more atmospheric and difficult. Uh I'd say try Curse of the Gods.
0: I liked what I played of it. I played like an hour and a half of it, and uh, it was good. It has some extra; mecha- it has a lot of mechanics, like systems, I guess, that, that it adds on stuff. top of to what what like Hades is doing. The light stuff you have to kind of manage, like light and darkness. In some ways, it reminds me a bit of um, yeah. Darkest Dungeon, even though the like combat's it. completely different. Uh, yeah, and it looks it looks a lot like it. Uh, it seems really good. The only thing it was doing that was driving me nuts is the and this, this is like a nitpick, but like when a game in the first few minutes of a game pauses the screen and has a full screen explanation of a mechanic, and then three seconds later pauses the screen, and it did this like ten times in the first like five minutes of the game, and I was like, guys, stagger the shit out. I'm not gonna remember <laughs> ten mechanics in five minutes. Like it's just and it's annoying. Like I can't stand that. But other than that, that game seemed super good, and I think we'll uh, we'll have a good conversation there. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about we got Slipgate. What the hell is Slipgate? Oh, Splitgate. Oh, yeah. Splitgate. Yeah. Sorry,
4: Slipgate. (laughs) Splitgate.
3: (laughs) Have you guys played it? It's
2: it's a portal
1: arena shooter. shooter, It is. I've just I've just heard it's it's yeah it's Halo Portal right? That's what it is. Yeah.
3: It's a free to play arena shooter that uh, actually came two years ago on PC, but uh, it had a kind of like a cult community, but very small, and it was dying. And uh, it came out on consoles just recently, and uh, its popularity just skyrocketed. You know, the, the the it's just made made by four developers, and they had to hire more people to to get have more servers that will allow more players because they they had like up to 65 million players. I don't know something like that. So a lot of people have been playing it. You know, it's it's yeah, it's like like what you just guys just said. It's kind of like Halo with Portal. That that's what it is. You know, it's an hmm. arena shooter, uh, of the old school kind. You know, there there are no loadouts, mm. no no competitive advantage at all. You just spawn with a uh, with whatever gun they they get they gives you. You know, it can be a shotgun and a sniper rifle or or a regular rifle. And it's very, very simple to play. You know, there are no skill trees, no no abilities, nothing. It's just straight up fun to play, easy to play. It's very relaxing to play in a way like Doom 2016 multiplayer. I don't know if yeah. you, any of you guys played it. Um, a little bit, yeah it's because like for example call of duty when you play it you have to be on your game because it's just so fucking quick you know you kill die and respond kill die and respond kill 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 die, and respond and a split is a little bit more chill you know like you don't die instantly when you get hit you have time to respond time to maneuver it's more movement based than aiming based and uh um, ah. And at the same time, if you take it seriously, you can take it seriously, you know. So, it's fun. I see the game having long legs, uh, at least until Halo Infinite comes out. I, I think those two shooters exist in the same space, you know, like mm-hmm. the same player will gravitate towards those games and uh, will end up picking one or the other, but uh, it's it's really good. You know, Splitgate, it's, it's good, it's fun. And it's free, so. You can take.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm downloading it on Steam now. Uh, I have to nice. check it out. Nice,
1: <laughs>
2: sounds
0: cool.
1: That sounds we cool. need we need more Halo style shooters in general. I think um, more quake just like, style shooters, or just like you know, like games that aren't Twitch shooters. Where like more, games that are more slower paced and because um, like that's what I love about Halo multiplayer is that it's a little bit, it's slower paced than typical. Mm, yeah. Um. So. Halo's more like
2: of a that. '90s shooter where you run half the speed, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. or, or, or a quarter, quarter of the speed, the speed. Yeah. but
2: <laughs> quarter yeah. quarter speed quick. Yeah. That's what we call it. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: uh, Kevin, what what is this PC elitist bullshit that you put up oh, here?
2: Um, it's not PC elitist bullshit, um, but it is a question that I that I'm actually right. I'm kay. actually most directed to you, Aaron. But I'm also curious what you guys think. Um, so oh. currently, our next-gen consoles, PS5 and Xbox Series, almost all the games—not maybe not all of them—but almost all the games are 60 FPS. And this is like a new wonderful time that I am loving, and it's one of the main reasons I've been playing my console so much. Is like we're finally back to 60 FPS on consoles, like the GameCube, Xbox era, where that was more common PS2 than it was the last gen, where it was like nothing was 60 FPS. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious if. Do you guys think that this is gonna this trend is gonna continue? Like, and if it and if it if it does, like, or if it doesn't, will people care? Because I, I will care, but will anyone else care? I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, I think we've talked about this a bit, but like, I, it's definitely gonna we're definitely gonna get thirty FPS games like once like ex- the 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 generation exclusives come out. And apparently, like, I saw the Digital Foundry guys talking about this, like the Unreal Tech Five. Engine is just for 30 FPS.
2: So like will you, features. Aaron, switch the piece back to PC gaming primarily? Mm. I I think the yeah, same for I me, will. which will, will make me sad.
0: If 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 mo- I'll pl- or at least I'll play the games that I can't play at 60. I mean, so I, I was worried with the I, Series I S that, for
2: the most that, that that was going to happen there first. But being that it and the X have primarily the same processor, it's probably just going to be all the games will have lower res. That'll be the only difference. I think that's the way it's been so far. So. It shouldn't really be an issue. I was worried about that, though. Like, oh, am I going to be playing 30 FPS games in a year on this thing? Like, is this what it's going to be? I don't know. But what do you two think?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will definitely care. You know, uh, 60 frames per second, sadly, is a moving target, you know. So the better the graphics get and the the more complex the games are, the more difficult it's going to be to reach 60 frames per second. So right now we're just at the beginning of the new gen so 60 frames per second is very doable you know but but uh the more complex the games get uh, it's it's a moving target it it's not as easy to say that well every game is going to be 60 frames per second this generation it's impossible to say that i do love 60 frames per second before play, I, I have always been on console you know so before playing at six, 60 frames per second i would I thought that I would prefer 4K, you know, like with Spider-Man Miles Morales. I, I at first before playing it, I thought that I would be on 4K all the time. And I don't know if it's something in the brain or or what, but uh 60 I t- I'll take 60 frames per second over resolution any day yeah. of the week, you know. It's just the game just looks smoother, just moving the camera feels so good and just walking around not let's not even get into the combat you know it's much better at 60 frames per second so what i am wishing for is that uh games give you yeah. the option you know you, yeah. you want to play okay if 60 frames per second you can do that you know i i hope that it that is a trend that we are heading towards too because 60 frames per second it's definitely the the way to go i think and i will care if games start being 60, 30 frames per second all of the sudden it will yeah. suck
4: <laughs>
1: Yeah, already. Yeah, I agree with everything that was said. I just it's hard to go back now that it's like I mean, I know I keep bringing this game out, but like Hitman Three looks so much better because it's sixty FPS compared to the uh, first two yeah. entries. Like yeah. so much better. Like, um, I it's 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 gonna be hard to go back if it. If thirty FPS is enough for me, game. it would. I would like it would right. ruin
2: my couch gaming experience. Like I'd have to go back to playing in my computer chair all day. Absolutely. And like I, yeah. I don't. I mean, I like doing PC games. Are my favorite way to play, but it's like I love playing on my TV. You know, with my on the couch, it's so nice. I don't want to have to. Give, <laughs> but thirty FPS is a deal breaker for me in action games. Like I just, I just like I hate doing it. You know, so yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I think like so flight mm-hmm. sim thirty FPS. No problem. However, the menu mm-hmm. is also 30 FPS, which actually kind of yeah. makes me want to murder people. Like, like it's like moving a cursor at 30 FPS is actually the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Um, but
2: I, I don't know why it's I how, it. how Assassin's like, Creed Valhalla is. is. <laughs> Can we just talk about this? I don't, don't care do, that the game.
0: I don't understand just. this.
2: Why do games make the, the cursor now a cursor, like a mouse that you move with the joystick? What It used to be you'd, you'd stick up and down, it would just uh, pop to the yeah. next menu. Now it goes like you have to move this slow. I don't understand this trend. PCs the lead but don't, but design don't platform. So oh, just um, make but it so it snaps between you know the options like the old days. I do not like this. Like drive the mouse oh, slowly yeah. across I don't the know. screen.
0: Ten years ago, we we're complaining about having to use a, a plug in a joystick just to get through the menus on our FPS games. Now we're, <laughs> now we're having the opposite <laughs> problem. But uh, on to your your, to your question, like. I don't know, like there are some games that 30 FPS is not a problem, but like any action games, like it's, I think a lot of people will be like, I don't notice the difference, but like, I think it's, it's really about the feel, like people do notice the difference. I think the reason people like Call of Duty games so much is because they've been running at 60 FPS for Yeah, years now. It feels Um,
1: so smooth. I don't know why. It's like, it's it's the FPS. It's because.
0: Your, your inputs are more rapid, you're getting more inputs, so you're getting more accurate, tactile feedback from the from your movements, like that's right. the big you're deal. You're also getting more resolution um, every second. But yeah, I guess you are, you are. You're getting more visual rev- resolution. Uh, but I don't I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see where it goes with that, I guess. Uh, we've got one last game to cover, and then we're gonna talk about this this topic of the week. But I have been playing It Takes Two. Do you guys know about this game?
2: Yes, if, yes yeah. as far as, yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. Okay.
0: Yeah, He's it's awesome. just as so far as it's a cooperative platformer, like where you have to play to you play two player, it's got local. So I'm playing with my girlfriend who is not does not play many video games, does not play three D games in particular. She played a lot of Spelunky and Binding of Isaac, which she liked, but like three D games give her a lot of issues with the camera. This game is kind of a good place for someone who's not familiar with it, but like this game is pretty good. Uh, I'm really liking it. It was super fun to just to play couch co-op. We were just cracking up. Um, something that's like interesting about playing a game with somebody who doesn't usually play video games at all is seeing them notice something that like every everybody who plays a lot of games notices. Like. You know, like everybody knows that it's funny to like make your character wiggle, like do like an animation cancel. So like they do like a funny, like mm-hmm. movement or dance or something. So she was just cracking up, like making your character look like she was twerking by like moving back and forward really fast with her stick, like laughing uh. for like 20 minutes straight, <laughs> just like tear, like in tears, cause she had never seen something like that before. Mm. Um, <laughs> and it was like, it was funny to see her do that. Uh, but the game is really good. It has platforming. It's very forgiving. Which, which it would have to be so you can just die over and over and you spawn right away it has like literally Doom Eternal platforming it's uh, got a lot of double jump dash <laughs> um, oh, but no. it's it's way more forgiving than Doom Eternal but I was like I was like oh babe if you just played Doom Eternal you'd be Do you so much better you have to like claw
2: into game. things um, <laughs> oh wow
0: yes uh, well you don't claw but you like attach you grab onto the walls so it's like the scenario is very much like a honey I shrunk the kids kind of thing you play tiny little characters in a big world where there's lots of real world stuff but um it's ridiculous it's really fun there's a lot of puzzles where like one person has to like you know flip a switch while the other person jumps and they have to flip the switch again so like it requires a lot of coordination if you're not coordinating you will not make it past it so it it does co-op in the way that I like it where it's like two people have to constantly be planning together and then executing on the plan but it's really fun we played it for like two hours last night and I was just like oh this is this is is good it's a good game for, for that for particularly for couch co-op I think I, I don't know if I'd want to play it online as much I might lose some of those elements yeah. I, I
1: just want I just want to mention that I thought it was funny that Doom Eternal's platforming is so notoriously bad that Edgar was just like <laughs> oh no not Doom Eternal's oh, platforming <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but it's it's like Doom Eternal but like v- much easier and forgiving so it's not like Doom Eternal's platforming sometimes feels like your head knocking against a wall over and over. Uh, sometimes, not, sometimes, sometimes like it, it feels fun. Um, yeah, but yeah. it takes two. Uh, so, Oren, what is this? Have, what is this story? What is this? What's going on here? What's this topic got, all about?
1: I got a topic of the week, guys. Are you ready for this? Shoot, this Danny. topic of the week. Uh, Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do. It. <laughs> um so we we talked about a lot of isometric games right the two that i want to talk about are hades and curse of the dead gods so i i was thinking as i was playing curse of the dead gods curse of the dead gods does not really have a story like it, it very much just drops you in drops you into the game this is the game have fun um conquer these this temple that's that's all it really is. Hades, on the other hand, is the same kind of game, a roguelike game where you're trying to get to the fight your way to the end of the run, but it does have heavy story elements. Um, regardless on which one I like more, I like Hades more, but I like both a lot, I found myself engaging with Curse of the Dead Gods a lot, uh, despite the fact that it does not have a story. So that brings me to my question. Is a good... Story essential for a single-player game? Like, do you need a good story to engage your your players? Um, what do you all think? Uh, Kevin, what question. do you think?
2: Do sandbox games count, or is that not because they, they can mm-hmm. be single-player but they don't have stories? So, uh, well, okay. let's just say I, video I, games I, in general. Because yeah, sure, okay, why I not? Think okay. video games this in general.
0: Gonna, I have a lot of thoughts here. C- can we? Can we do some some first? Uh, yeah, premise, like yeah, some, I agree. Get, lay down some some groundwork yeah. here because, like, I think. It's it's confusing when people say a story. I I don't know what they like what people mean I, I think it Character people setting, mean a lot of things when they say a story plot. in video games So like it could be the setting right it could just be like ah oh, there's a setting and there's a backstory right but like you're not given like a deliberate Narrative that's plot heavy. There's also like a story that sort of like sets up and explains the mechanics, right? Like maybe Mario has a story like he's got to go Track. rescue piece, but uh, peach, but there's not like cutscenes <laughs> and stuff um And then, you know, there's, like, the Dark Souls story where, like, all the stories in the world and and the environments, but you're not, like, being told a story. And then there's the, like, authored narrative that's, like, you know, Naughty Dog, where, like, there's cutscenes and, like, things are happening. There's a very strict linear story that you're going to experience all or most of by playing the game. What do you mean, (laughs) Orn?
1: Well, yeah. Um, Well, Hades is the authored narrative, right? Okay. So it's, like... Yeah, because it has it, because you're consistently interacting with characters. It's building a mar- narrative. There's a clear plot. Um, the the story develops as you play the game and the world. Uh, the roguelite elements actually tie into that a lot. Uh, on the other hand, Curse of the Dead Gods. I played it for about six hours. There's no real lore. Like there isn't really at least based on what I played. Like which was six hours. Um, there's not really a whole lot of lore. It's it's literally just. Get to the end of the dungeon, so it's like it's pretty much the most skeleton plot, if you can really call it like a plot in the narrative sense. It's more like a plot in like the game, the end game in the in the video game sense. So, so it's the so in the context of what you asked, Aaron, it's really the two extremes. Like, do you need hmm. an authored narrative is that really necessary, or even like the Bloodborne style? Like, could you play a game like Bloodborne even if it didn't have the lore elements, and would it still be um, engaging, I don't know that's my question for you all
3: yeah, it's very interesting I, I did some basic very basic research to to regarding this topic and what I found out it's that there's narrative, there's story and there's plot you know mm. and I'll sure. and all those three t- tie into what I will call player motivation you know because why you play a game is important you know like we've been discussing curse of the dead god and, and hades i don't know but maybe curse of the dead gods is better for kevin because he doesn't care about the narrator on on, mm-hmm. on hades you know and but if you're playing for a story then you're gonna like hades more and that's mm-hmm. your personal player motivation so what i found out is that Every game has to have a narrative, you know, even Mario, even Tony Hawk, you know, because the narrative is everything. It's the the design of the game. Mario is an Italian plumber who's in a weird world and has to save a princess. That's the narrative. You Mm
4: -hmm. don't
3: need a a story and you don't need a plot, but that narrative is going to motivate you enough to, to play the game. And same with Tony Hawk. The narrative is that your skater, skating and that's your motivation to play the game you know and, right. uh the story is what is well it's the story of the game like in chronological order you know like let's say the last of us part two the story of the last uh, of the last of us part two it's just what happens chron- chronically on uh, a chronological order but the plot is how it happens you know so all the flashbacks that that happened in the Last of Us Part Two, or or in or in any game, that's the plot, and that's the device that uh, that writers use to give more emotional impact to to a given story. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I don't want to get too lost on this or, or or dive too much, but every game has a narrative. You know, every game has a narrative. Dark Souls has a narrative, and if that narrative is enough to to motivate a player to play a game, I think that's that's more than enough, you know. And
4: mm-hmm.
3: then then there are other games like Hades where where like I said, Super Giant game takes very seriously their story. So they give you narrative, they give you story and they give you plot because there's a lot of things happening in a game. And it's gonna be different for for everyone. You know, some people care about the story, some not so much for example the last of us part one it's a game that you play mainly for the story you know because the game is good the mechanics Mm -hmm. are good but you basically playing that game to know what's gonna happen and you're playing it for the story so it's a very interesting topic and at the same time it's very hard to approach and talk about it because it's it's so wide and in every right. case is' a little bit different that's that's what I'm gonna say for well, now, I think.
0: Sure. it sounds like Oren's asking like does a game need to have a plot? right? like does it does it need to have like a constructed set of events that occur in a specific order?
1: Well, well, Edgar actually brought up like a really imp- uh, important point in regards to what you're saying, Aaron, which is um it sounds like Edgar, you're saying that you could define the plot of the game in, like, the game design itself. Like, the game design is getting to the mm. end of the temple or, like, in the context of a multiplayer game, that the plot is killing the other team and defeating the other, other team, and the story could be how it happened. So sometimes it sounds like the story could just be, like, totally player-motivated as opposed so to authored, as you said, Aaron.
0: That would be player-story, right? Like, that's that is, for me the most interesting thing, or one of the more interesting things that video games do narratively is like, when I think about playing Spelunky, right? Like, like each time I play it, it's like, where did I go? What did I do? What happened? Um, it's not like, why am I this little girl in a cave,
4: <laughs> right? Like, sure. I, I, don't,
0: I don't care about what she, I don't care about her motivations, but I care about my motivations of getting to the end of the level. How did I get past this trap? You know, how did I watch out for this thing? How did that snake get me? Like, there, there's like a series of events that happen. And it's like, it creates a story every time I do it. Like, Kevin and I have lots of stories from multiplayer playing stuff like DayZ or PUBG. We're exactly. like, we were we were going, we had a set of goals that were our own, intrinsic goals, and we were following them. And then, like, shit happened along the way. And then, like, once it was all done, we could tell you the story.
1: It's kind of interesting, too, bringing it back to Hades and Curse of the Dead Gods, because you can kind of see it where it's like, Hades has a character, Sagrius. And you're following that character as he's trying to, as he's having this spat with his dad, Hades, and you're slowly uncovering the story that way. As opposed to Curse of the Dead Gods, where there's a lot of narrative details omitted. So in a way, you're kind of crafting like your own narrative, like as you're playing the game. And so it's almost like two different design philosophies. I think a lot
2: of us have grown up watching movies and TV shows. So when we go to games, we still have yeah. this assumption that there's going to be something kind of like that, right? So like, there's, I think there's an expectation for that. And I think a lot of people still, that's kind of the thing that they get out of playing games. Like they feel like the things that they're doing in the game, whether, whether they're of their own agency or of the de- designer specifically, you know, linearly making them do it, they still feel like they're a part of it. So like, I think that's an important thing to remember when thinking about this. Cause like, cause I'm like, I'm always like, I always like I used to always be like no this I, I don't want stories in games like it shouldn't the, game, the plot should never hinder my hinder the gameplay I'm always like so frustrated by this but then I'm like well you know my favorite game of last gen was Death Stranding so <laughs> I do like this obviously but then I think of things like Tetris which is like hmm. abstract blocks falling down there's no story but it's one of the most played and successful games of all time but like it's literally abstract blocks falling mm-hmm. down like there's nothing I'm sure people have tried to build stories about it, but it's just a puzzle game, right? Like, right. it's not necessary to have a, like a story narrative, you know, an authored one. But I think it can, for me, like my opinion on it is like I think it can make what you're doing in the game more impactful because you feel like you're doing something for a cause that's greater than just the the in-game mechanics. So, like, I can feel more immersed by having a story. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of my opinion. Like, I if I think of games like uh, like classic doom they intentionally put like no story in it right they, they're john carmack's famous quote is uh video game stories are like porn stories like we don't want one like it doesn't matter that's not what you were here for like i think that's that
0: well no they're not that important
2: i understand that that philosophy but i don't think it necessarily has to be true for all games at all um and then
0: but to be fair like doom has like a, a backdrop it has a, setting, but it has a setting, but, setting like the story
2: like is place. like you're running around shooting demons and you go through the episodes but like there's no like mm-hmm. It's not like a Naughty Dog game where it's like you know you're doing specific things no. at specific times exactly how they want you. They want you to look at certain things. None of that is you know it's a completely different story. But if you think about games like like Far Cry, like I hated the story in the Far Cry games. Like I think they're fun, but like I, they just did not. I just did not like the way they still, told the story. Like I always wanted to skip all the cutscenes. Like I was there for like the fun open world shooting parts. And I and like Far Cry Five has parts where like they literally will like shoot a poison dart at you and like capture you and they'll have this like 10 minute long monologue and it's like why don't they just kill me now like this is the most immersion breaking like thing ever but it's just because like the writers and the game designers were clearly not in cohesion on that game because like this just all these things happen that just don't make sense sure it's like that I think is when it's bad that's that's the stuff I would criticize more than like one or the other yeah
0: Uh, I was just gonna say like I've had the experience where, like, sometimes I think narrative is really good in a game. I think of, like, uh, Edith Finch is a game where the, this, the narrative was, like, the main draw, and it really spoke to me. But there's been games where, like, Kevin's talking about, like, Far Cry, where, like, the story starts to get in the way of the game. Like, you're like, I just want to go out and shoot camps and stuff, and this story is kind of, like, cramping my style. And then there's the opposite problem where, like... The like game isn't that good, but the story is really good. And like sometimes, like a really good story can get trapped in kind of a clunky game, of like Xeno Gears, which has like this <laughs> maybe Bioshock But like Xeno Gears is like a classic example because it's 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 a JRPG. It's just it's just aged mm. so badly. So like to experience the story, you have to play this hundred hour long JRPG that's kind of bad Not by today's standards. Like it, it was okay when it came out; it was pretty good. But like the story is really cool, and if if that story had just been an anime. Like I would be able to go just watch it and relive it, but now if I want to relive that story, I have to play the kind of shitty game that it's that it's mm-hmm. tethered to.
1: Yeah, I felt that way about Near Replicant actually. Near Replicant like had like decent gameplay, but the star of the show was really the story. The story was just the reason to play that game. So no, I I could totally see that. And that, actually, with Metro Exodus. Um, a game that I've kind of fallen off on a lot recently. That's a game where I was thinking about it, where I'm like, I feel like this game would be better if we just started at the Volga River and just skipped, like, the three-hour setup, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, it would have been better if we just started at the Volga River. So so I totally see both sides of that, Aaron. The,
2: the Metro games are so long-winded. I, I, I haven't been able to play through them for that reason. There's just so much dialogue. And, like... I, I, I get, like, in the same way I was talking about Hades, like, if you're in that, like, and you, that's probably, like, more of what you want, but, like, I want to play it for the shooting, so, like, there's just so much downtime and, and talking and an action game, and it's just... It's really my expectation, I think, honestly, is like for me a big part of what makes me dislike a game or not. Because if I have an expectation that it's like, I expected Last of Us One to be like a Resident Evil game, and that was sorely mistaken. That is not what what the game is at all, right? So I think that was why I had bad impressions on it when I first played it, I had expectations that were different. So I think for me, like, the story expectations in a game really anticipate or like fuel how I feel about it. (laughs)
1: the The first last of us is a Gears of War light game while the last of Metal us Gear. two is a Metal Gear Solid yeah. 5 light game
0: <laughs> right <laughs>
4: yeah that's
0: yeah that's a good point. I, I think like my answer to this question would be that like it's very important for me and, and I think this is going to be very subjective but for me that a game has like a fiction embedded in the world and that I feel like it's a real place and that there's there's stuff going on. But I tend to find the the authored narrative that the developer is trying to tell me to be obtrusive, like, more often than not. So, like, if I think about Kevin's example with Doom, right, like, Doom having demons in hell gives it, like, like a setting and a place and justifies my actions just enough. Like, if I was just shooting triangles and circles, like, that Doom would still be fun, but it maybe it would be less fun. Hard to say. Maybe it would be just as fun. Um but, like, if I'm playing Dark Souls, right? If, 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 if I was just slashing at triangles and circles, like, the fact that Dark Souls has this mystery embedded in it, but it's not really telling me about it, I can kind of go there or not, it, it does a lot for me.
1: I actually think Doom is a great example, but specifically the later Dooms. Like, Doom 2016... Was so good because uh, the main character had so much contempt yes. for the story, and that's like awesome. why it was so fun. <laughs> yeah, and the, and and then uh, Doom Eternal, they're like, okay, we need to have a lore now in cutscenes, and it's like, no, don't do that. Why are you doing that? It's <laughs> like
2: you guys undid your legacy. Yeah, um,
3: every game it's a little bit different, and it works different for every game. You know, like I do think that every game needs a narrative that sets up player motivation, but a story and a plot, not necessarily the answer will be no. And I think we all kind of agree that Ubisoft it's the biggest sinner of this. And uh, because the older games, they have this open world and they have this open world missions, but they have a, also have a linear main story mission and end up, ends up getting in the way, you know, I, I, I don't like the story in, in Far Cry. I don't like the story in Assassin's Creed. I just want to run around and climb mm-hmm. towers. Same goes for Far Cry, you know, so it, it, that's a case of a developer putting a story because they want to please people, you know, because they want to make the b- game better if if it has a story. And it ends, ends up working against it, you know, um, the story in every Far Cry, honestly, su- they all suck. <laughs> <If> we're
4: <laughs> yeah, not we're good.
3: realistic, you know. So it just gets in the mm-hmm. way of the gameplay. And and sometimes all you need is just a narrative, you know, a narrative like a Dark Souls or or even the Far Cry games. If they just put you in a jungle and go shoot people and survive, that will be more fun than uh, talk to this crazy cliche mm-hmm. villain, you know. How
2: many times? Did you guys, when you're playing GTA on PS2, or in my case Xbox, GTA 3, GTA Vice City, you get stuck on a story mission that had bad design, you hated it, but you wanted just to get to the next island, like the game is gated by these story missions, and you just want to play the game more. It's like, ugh, like that kind of stuff is so frustrating. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, hate it was. I feel like that's related to this, because like they want to tell you a certain part of the story that you may or may not have, I didn't care about. I didn't play any of the GTA games for their stories. I, I I pay attention to them briefly, but that was not why I was there.
0: Mm. Yeah. You were there to kill the hookers. Let's
2: Amongst be
1: all sorts <laughs> oh, of wow. things in that to do.
0: <laughs> hey man, me too. Uh, uh,
1: all right. The, uh, fir- the first ninety percent of GTA Four's story is good. That's the only. <laughs> really hey Nico, really let's good go bowling. I liked it. I mean, like, yeah, it's kind of like the Eastern European stereotypes. But, like, the Central Conflict was interesting enough. I don't know. Mm -hmm.
0: It didn't grab (laughs) me for some reason, but, yeah. I, like, never, yeah.
1: I I mean, Red Dead stories are way better than any of the GTA stories. So, like, if you want the story, if you want the stories, play the Red Dead games instead. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I I, I think, like, what it kind of comes down to is just, like, there's, like, some mediums are better at doing things than others and but like people are also going to always have subjective reasons like some people listen to music for the lyrics right for me i would be like that's crazy i listen to music for the music but like nobody's right (laughs) you know it's just like it's just like what's your approach but like i do think music is is more successful at giving you a variety of sounds than than a variety of lyrics and games are maybe better at like delivering mechanics than stories or books are better at delivering stories than mechanics but like both can do both you know you can have a choose yep. your own adventure book <laughs> like that's a game
2: And the other thing I just want to um, touch upon is like games that have fixed stories but you have agency in it like Mass Effect or Until Dawn or whatever that is something thing I'm really into because then you can have like the you know big movie quality of, of that stuff but you can choose where it goes and that's a unique experience that only games can do so that's awesome I'm into that yeah for sure
0: alright you guys feel like we talked about this
2: did we all say, well, yeah, I guess no yeah. one no one said yes or no, right? We didn't have, like, an easy cut answer. There was no, like, a one sentence answer for this. It's too complicated.
0: I mean, I think we all agree that, like, a fiction is helpful to sell a universe, but the the authored narrative is take it or leave it.
2: Depends on the game, really. Yeah. 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 And how, how yeah, it's I implemented th- with like, the gameplay.
1: You, I f- yeah, that's what it comes down to, Kevin. How it's implemented with the gameplay. That's, that's what mm-hmm. I think it boils down to.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's do recommendations. Um, Oren, what do you what do you, what movie are you recommending this week?
1: Um, I'm recommending a Nicolas Cage movie. Can you believe it? Put
2: the bunny back in the basket. <laughs> Mandy, huh?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> Mandy. Mandy's good too, but um, mm. this one's called Pig. It's it's directed by Michael Sarnowsky and it's um it's it's a very uh, it's a really good Nicolas Cage movie. And the reason why it's really good is because um, it sells itself as this John Wick-style thriller in the advertising, and um, like you think it's going to be like Mandy 2, basically. But uh, then the story then the story subverts itself in really fun ways. And I think uh, uh, if anyone wants just to like a really good Nicolas Cage movie that's really well done, I highly recommend Pig.
3: Is it on, a, uh, on any streaming service or just?
1: uh a, i had to buy it digitally automated. unfortunately yeah yeah i think right. it's
0: pay-per-view because it's new right
1: okay. yeah i i um i think i paid i i, pay, I paid a little bit for it because i really wanted to see it because i was hearing so many good things about it but um it's worth seeing if you uh, if you have the cash to it to be honest though like if you wait a couple months i i bet you it's going to be on like hbo max soon so feel okay. free to wait yeah it right. sounds
3: sounds really good
4: it's really yeah, I like good. To see
0: that. Uh, my rec for this week is uh, No Clip, the YouTube channel No Clip, did a documentary okay. on Thief, uh, which I think, if you have any interest in the history of the immersive sim or stealth games, like this is one of the first stealth games, or Looking Glass Studios, like this is a, a great, it's an hour long documentary. He interviews Warren Spector, uh, uh, what's the guy who developed Bioshock? Um, Ken
1: Levine. Yeah. Ken Levine.
0: Ken kind Levine mine. like like a lot of big names. Like so it, it's a pretty in depth and it, it's got a lot of like footage and interviews with like people who worked at Looking Glass that you haven't heard of and it's it was just really good. And and I think, you know, like Thief's one of those games that's kind of like sailed over the horizon in a lot of people's memories and I think uh people should be thinking about it. So yeah. Kevin. Nice. Uh that?
2: yeah, mine is a musical artist named uh Kanga. I listened to the self titled album by them. Um like a mix of dark synth and just dark pop industrial kind of like uh, Nine Inch Nails almost but like some synth wave I don't know I'm like super groovy it's one of those albums I listen to like all the way through like already 20 times and I'm like I need to stop listening to it because I'm gonna get sick of it and I don't want to get sick of it this early because I always over listen to artists that I find because I'm always like, looking for more music and then that I like it's hard for me to find and then I always mm. kill it by over listening to it so I'm trying to like give it a break for a week and see what happens but um, yeah I really like this album Kanga. so if you like dark pop music or dark industrial, check it out. It's really good production too.
3: Nice. Uh, well my my recommendation is The Wire, the the HBO nice. series. I am I'm watching it for the second time and that show has not aged a bit. You know, it's uh, it's a critique of society disguised as a cop show. <laughs> and it's really good it has really good characters and it's a really a critique of of our systems in the government schools uh police uh newspapers everything it's in there it's it's a really good show it's one of the shows that started uh, the prestige tv series you know the wire and the sopranos were the first shows to be really good tv shows because before those shows we we used to have TV shows that, uh, that had no real sequence at all. You know, you could watch, uh, I don't know if it was friends or CSI, those kind of shows that you could watch once and then again, and then without really losing much of the plot or the story
4: mm-hmm.
3: and, uh, those kind of shows, the wire and the Sopranos, they, they started bringing back the, the prestige TV shows, you know? after that we have mad men and breaking bad and all those kinds of shows so the wire is one of the first ones to really bring prestige to tv and it's really good uh,
0: that's one i yeah no, the wire is incredible uh,
1: i feel i feel like the wire is the only tv show that exists that you can teach as like a course in a sociology cor- like college course you know yeah. like like there's so much you can talk about in that show oh yeah absolutely
0: all right. Well, awesome, Egger. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Where could we find you?
1: Thanks for having
3: me. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my handle it's at drchaps12. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly on Twitter. That's where I'm most, the most active. So.
0: All right. Go Troll Edgar on Twitter. No, be nice to him. Uh, <laughs> give him a follow. All right. Cool. Well, Madden, as always, uh, we, we love you. You're our favorite. And uh, that's all we got for this week. We'll be back with the uh, 50th episode in two weeks. Oh, my God. 50th episode. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. All right.
3: All right. Peace. Peace. See you guys. Nice.